it is my firm opinion that this is the longest continuously running practical joke in North America that the sea has ever pulled. It I'm... was awesome. <laughs> Such an epic prank. <laughs> this is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash, and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail, and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy. And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like birds. Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks. We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures. And we'll even throw in a little trip planning. Let's start exploring. I feel like there's never a dull moment when we're hiking in the national parks. <laughs> and I also feel like I've shared some pretty embarrassing stories. Mm-hmm. Over the last six months that we've been running this podcast <laughs> of me hiking. Yes. But I think the stories today don't really center around me. No, Do they? they don't. Yeah. You so. come off pretty good on these stories. <laughs> Do I? I Do I look pretty good in these ones? <laughs> today we wanted to do funny stories. Volume two, this is the hiking edition. We are talking about funny things that have happened to us as we've been hiking through the national parks. Yes. We are going to limit ourselves to three stories, but future editions may pop up as we, you know, want to share more. (laughs) I'm really excited. I feel like this first one is probably one of my all-time favorite stories from any of our national park visits. I'll set the stage. I'll take us to... This story takes us to Acadia National Park. I love Acadia so much. It's so beautiful. And on this particular trip that we were there, it was an absolutely gorgeous fall day. Absolutely beautiful. We were at Thunder Hole, which if you've ever been to Thunder Hole, it's it's an incredible place. And we were there at high tide. And what happens, the reason why they call it Thunder Hole is as the waves come in... Somehow, the way that the waves crash into the rocks, it just creates this amazing thunderous roll that just kind of just echoes through the whole area. And so Thunder Hole is a really cool place to be. It's really popular. And as we got to Thunder Hole, you know, the like I said, it was high tide. The thundering rolling waves were coming in. There was easily one to 200 people there. There were so many people there. Like we were shoulder to shoulder on that viewing platform. But what was interesting, this is our typical hiking situation. I usually, at least during this at this time period when our kids were so little, I had one kid in a backpack and one kid in my hand and Ash was there taking pictures and get all of the necessary information. <laughs> it was, so what I was doing there was I was holding, I had Logan on my backpack, Jackson in my on my right hand. And what I noticed was people weren't necessarily paying attention to Thunder Hole. And Ash was getting some good pictures and everything like that. But as I was looking around me, I noticed that there was a whole audience of 100 to 200 people there. And they were all looking out to see. And finally, there was a veteran member of the audience that was there. They'd been there for a little while. And they blurted out what everybody was looking at and pointed out into the out into the open seas and said whales 
you know, and obviously, you know, people are excited to see these giant marine creatures. Oh my gosh, we were so excited. We were so excited. And everybody was excited. And we're all like, yes, and taking our cameras and taking a million pictures of these whales that were, they were pretty far off the coast. Right. It was pretty far out there. But what was amazing is that the whales were, it was a long show that they were giving us. Yeah. I mean, I probably snapped. 150 pictures (laughs) it was so they were there forever right it it was a fair distance out into the cove so if you've ever been there it's kind of like this little inlet where thunder hole is and you got sand beach over there but uh, but, you know it's it's this really cool area but out kind of in the middle of this bay you know we can see and it was so regular every couple of minutes you know you'd see like you know a big splash and then Two other splashes almost like right after one another. It was like there were three whales out there. So you'd, the first one would, would jump and then you'd have one and two. But, but it was far enough out there. You couldn't see bodies or anything. Like it was just you would see like dark spots. Right. But like we didn't see any flukes right. or anything like that. It just seemed like they were like almost like surface feeding. Right. Exactly. They weren't really like breaching well, you, and going no. straight up in the so water. So you could see them like popping in and out a little bit, but not like we couldn't see their bodies. Right. But like I said, it was super regular. It was amazing. And like the audience just kept growing. Like nobody was leaving because like, holy smokes, we just have this set of three whales that just keep giving us a show over. And like every time that the waves would crash, you know, or the water would splash or whatever, the audience would just be like, (laughs) yeah, everybody was so excited. (laughs) And we were all taking a ton of pictures and just like video and just like you know, when you like look at your neighbor and you're both so excited and you just kind of shake each other like, <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. I know. It was awesome. And like even so I had Jackson. Jackson was there and he was super excited. Like I was explaining and he was it was pump. It was awesome because he could actually see it. I put him on my shoulders and he could actually see the waves and then the splashing from these from these whales. And Logan, lo and behold, somehow, you know, he was so little, but he was still entertained, mainly because the guy next to us was using his iPad as a camera and Logan just kept trying to reach for it. Mm-hmm. And so he was super entertained. But eventually we were just like, okay, we've, we've probably seen enough. But I had this great idea. I was like, okay. So our next stop was going to be the Gora Mountain Trail, which is just like down the road a little bit and then slightly up the mountain. Yeah, you go up to the top of Gora Mountain, which looks out to the ocean right where Thunderhole is. Right. And so I thought to myself, okay, these whales, they're sticking around. Let's get up to the top of Gora Mountain really fast and let's get a bird's eye view of what these whales are doing. Because like you said before, you know, we were only able to see like these giant dark masses, you know, make causing all these waves. And so I was like, okay, we got to get up there. We got to get up there and this will be super cool. If we hike fast, I know we can do this. And so we booked it. And so we got on the Gora Mountain Trail and we're hiking up, we're hiking up, we're going through the trees. You can't see anything when you're going through the trees because it's so thick and everything. But eventually we kept getting higher and higher. And there's these, the Gora Mountain Trail, there's these awesome like rock faces where the trees kind of clear and you're able to look out and you just see some beautiful, you know, some beautiful views and you can get a great vista. And so we finally come through the trees out onto one of these rock outcroppings and we had amazing views and we were finally able to get that higher vantage point and we could see everything in a crisp hd you know and it was the rising blue forms and the white capped splashes that accompanied them were now 
perfectly apparent. And Ash and I, <laughs> all we could do was laugh. Well, we, we, looked, do was, we looked at each other and just, looked sad for a minute. <laughs> and we then burst we just out bursted. laughing. Yeah. All we could do was laugh at ourselves, laugh at all the people that were surrounding us down there at Thunderhole, and just laugh because we had been completely and thoroughly punked. I have never been part of such a brilliant prank before <laughs> because I literally have 150 pictures of a buoy out in the ocean <laughs> that was bobbing up and down that made it look like it was whales. Well, the, what the buoy was there for was out in the middle of this bay, there's this little shallow reef and that's what the buoy was signifying for any boats that came in, right? And so the waves would come up over the buoy and over, uh, and they would crash it got onto the reef. Yeah, and so we were seeing. That's why it was so regular, just over and over again, and literally one to two hundred people all cheering for <laughs> this farce that we had oh all witnessed. My gosh, we and- thought it was whales, <laughs> and it was not whales. Oh my gosh, it was a buoy and a reef. Oh my gosh. And I have so many pictures of it. Ashton Kutcher and Jamie Kennedy would be so proud of the sea for <laughs> oh this amazing prank. And what's great is that this shallow reef and that buoy are still there. Yeah, you can go see the whales at any time. <laughs> <laughs> all it takes, all it is to all it takes is for one person every morning at high tide. Is that person gonna be you yeah. next time you're there? <laughs> Whales, and you will be the person that will be able to convince an entire mountain of people, an entire national park's worth of people that they saw whales in Acadia National Park. <laughs> oh my gosh! And it is my it is my firm opinion that this is the longest continuously running practical joke in North America that the sea has ever pulled. It I- was awesome. Such an <laughs> epic prank oh so good and no we've never gotten over it no and we still laugh just as hard now thinking about it as we did when we we were on the top of gorham mountain (laughs) like realizing how stupid we had been well i don't think anybody on gorham mountain knew what we were laughing about no no because they didn't hoof it from thunderhole (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh but there are there are thousands of pictures out there labeled whales on our (laughs) national park vacation anyhow on your next trip to acadia when you go to thunder hole if it's at high tide you'll have a chance to see what we saw and if you have the guts call it out (laughs) and see what happens oh my god all right that's story number one whale watching in acadia this next story takes us to a much less visited national park but a pretty cool one just the same Theodore Roosevelt National Park. I love this one. Yeah. So underrated. Those who are, you know, on a first name basis call it Teddy Roosevelt. But to set the stage a little bit, every kid throughout history has at one time or another been overly attached to an inanimate object. The most common objects would probably be things like a binky, a blanket, or a stuffed animal. Well, when it came to our son, when it came his time to choose his emotional support inanimate object... He decided to get creative, and his first one was a fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> it was a piece of fuzz out of a stuffed animal. It was like a 
quarter sized piece. Yes. And I cannot tell you how many hours I spent searching for his fuzz that he misplaced <laughs> for like the first two years of his life. Eventually, it just ended up looking like a piece of belly button lint. Yeah, I still have it. By the way, I had to I had to have proof that this is the stupid piece of fuzz that I chased through the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> and this well, is the stupid piece of fuzz that I tore apart our apartment to yes. find underneath the couch cushions. Oh and- my gosh. Well, it's because when you enter some grocery stores like the Walmart, it's like a hazmat situation, you know? You enter the entryway and all like the air like blows all the germs off yeah. of you. Yeah, and he dropped his fuzz at that moment and it went across the road and I'm like with a cart with two kids chasing <laughs> through the parking lot. Dodging this- traffic. Yes, this stupid piece of fuzz. So, so that was the first. So that, that sets the stage and just all parents will know There is very little a parent won't do in order to make sure a child doesn't just lose it because they somehow lost their inanimate emotional support object, right? This brings us to Theodore Roosevelt. Keep this in mind. So, I don't know, a year or two down the road from the fuzz. But Ash and I and the boys were in Theodore Roosevelt. We're finishing our hike to Elkhorn Ranch and we're on our way back to the truck when news reaches our ears that the newest special inanimate object of our son's choosing has been misplaced or has gone (laughs) missing. And this is where a parent has to make a choice. Hike the mile or so back to the ranch and search for and ultimately fail to find the said item. Or try and ultimately fail at consoling your child for an unknown amount of time uh, until you can somehow replace the item that they or they forget about it. So... This and is in the our case, we chose both. <laughs> so we hiked back and oh. we couldn't find it and we couldn't console him and we replaced it with something else. Right. So what is this item, you ask? A hair carrot. Yes. What? It, that doesn't make any sense. What is a hair carrot, Ash? So this was a baby carrot that was in the bag and he pulled it out and it had like some little fibers on the top. <laughs> And he called it his hair carrot. It lo- it's like, I don't know. Some it was literally t- a baby yeah. carrot with some fibers, like carrot like fibers Cindy on Luhu the top. from the Grinch. You know, <laughs> got a little bit of tiny hairs coming off the top. And he called it his hair carrot. And he carried it around everywhere. I mean, obviously, eventually it's going to rot, right? right? So it's going to be a short-lived inanimate object yep. that he's attached to. But at the time, it was the hair carrot. And coming back from Elkhorn Ranch, you're hiking through... Uh, prairie grass is pretty tall, really tall on both sides of you. And so like we get to the end of the trail and he's like, where's I don't have my hair carrot. <laughs> and we're like, you've got to freaking be kidding me. There's no way we're going to find it in all this prairie grass. No, no do way. we try? Yes. Yes, we do. We try. We go and try to find his hair carrot and he is just sobbing. He is so upset that we can't find it. Totally distraught. We get back after searching for it for an extra hour, trying to find this dang hair carrot, (laughs) (laughs) we get back to our truck and he is just losing it. So what do I do? I find a carrot in the bag that had a few fibers on it. It wasn't as good as his original hair carrot, (laughs) but um, I pulled it out and I made it hairier <laughs> like, it was like a magician pulling a rabbit out of a hat like it was incredible like, so i'm going through all the carrots i literally i dumped out the bag of carrots and i'm going through trying to find a carrot with some type of fibers on the top of it 
And then when I found one that had some, I like scraped it away on the top to kind of make it more hairy. <laughs> I don't know. It's so ridiculous. And that is our story of Theodore Roosevelt National Park and the hair carrot. Oh he was not consoled. He, he knew it wasn't his original one, but I told him it was better and somehow convinced him that this one was the one he actually wanted. And that hair carrot traveled with us for another few days. <laughs> So and Ash, a- after we finally gave up on trying to find it, Ash was hiking behind us, and little did I know, Ash was videotaping me and my consoling of our yeah, children. I have it all on video. I was trying to convince my son that it was better for the carrot, the hair <laughs> carrot, to stay out in nature because if we didn't keep it out in nature, then there wouldn't be any more hair carrots when we went to the store. (laughs) And so we had to let it stay here and have hair carrot babies. He was not having it. (laughs) But I will never not think of the hair carrot when I'm in Theodore Roosevelt National Park. Right. And any parent that has ever taken a child hiking that has lost a very special item, I think can relate to this story because it's oh so painful, but so funny at the same time. All right. This brings us to story number three, and that takes us to another beautiful national park, Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado, which is incredibly beautiful, and especially when we were there in the fall. Fall is my favorite time to be there because the aspens turn gold and everything just like takes on a golden hue. The colors are phenomenal. Yeah. Not to mention the elk are just out and um, bugling like crazy, and they have... The ruts going on, and it's the whole the whole place is just alive, and yeah, it's so it's cool, magical. And this specific trip, we had decided that we wanted to do the Fern Lake Trail. Yeah, we wanted so you can do it as a like a one way. So you take the shuttle up to Bear Lake, and then you hike to you actually hit a few different lakes on this hike as you're going down the mountain. So it's just like one of those trails that you get so much bang for your buck because you're mostly going downhill, but you're in some of the most beautiful mountain scenery. Right. So if you start at Bear Lake and go down, that's the way to do it. But the first time we did it, <laughs> we had a major mishap. Oh, my god! I was so mad. Yes. So the high point of the trail is at this really amazing craggy location. And so you you pass a few lakes on the way up from Bear Lake. You go through some really awesome scenery. And right before you turn down to go past a couple other lakes on your way down the mountain, there is this lake called Lake Helene that is absolutely gorgeous. It's kind of a secret lake, though, because not necessarily secret, but like the, you have to take a little side path to get over to it. Right. And it's not marked. No. And so a lot of people, like if you're just hiking the regular trail, you'll miss it. Right. And it's this lake. I mean, it's a small lake, but it's right in front of these big craggy peaks. Right. And so, the I don't know, I think one of my favorite things to get when we're hiking is like reflection photos, mm-hmm. you know, of the the whatever you're looking at reflecting off of the lake that's right in front of you or something like that. And so it's su- I was super looking forward to it. And along this trail, there were so many different lakes, like little, little lakes here and there, so much water that sometimes it was kind of hard to keep track of which lake we were at. So the first time we did it, we were like, 
trying to follow these side directions. And it says, you know, as the trail like starts going down, then you'll see a side trail over here that takes you to Lake Helene. Right. And so we kept, as we knew we were getting closer, we kept looking for these side trails. And there's a bunch. Right. There's a ton of them. (laughs) And we found a side trail and we walked down there and the lake was amazing. It was beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm. And we thought that was Lake Helene. Right. Because it looked like what Lake Helene was supposed to look like in our minds. Right. I guess. <laughs> and so we spend time at this lake and we come back up and then we get to the top of the like the pass before the trail starts going down and there's another side trail. It like but very not well trodden. It looked kind of like a social trail. Yeah. That you didn't really want people to be going on. And- so but there happened to be someone sitting right there at that junction. Because, like, I think he was waiting for his wife to go to the bathroom or something. Like, it was kind of a funny conversation. <laughs> it was one of those situations where you're like, I don't think I want to linger. Yeah. And so <laughs> we were like, oh, you know, have you, do you know what's down this side trail? And he's like, yeah, I went down there. It was just basically like a puddle. And so, you know. It's it was really not, muddy. It's, yeah, it's not worth the time. And so we're like, oh, okay, good. I'm glad we asked, you know, and we continue on our merry way. We don't want to linger where someone's trying to use the bathroom. And right. Stuff. <laughs> and so we, we are, we're going down, down, down. And it's a good elevation drop from that point. Like Fast. It goes yeah, fast. Too. Point of no return. Like, I don't want to go back up that hill. Right. So we're going down, down, down. We see a few more lakes and we're going down. And I look at the map. Once we get down the hill and we've been by Fern Lake and stuff, and I look at the map and I'm like, oh my gosh, that first lake we went to that we thought was Lake Helene was not Lake Helene. <laughs> it was the oh. muddy puddle oh that the gosh. guy said it was that side trail right there that the guy was like, oh, it's just a muddy puddle. So we missed like the main reason that I wanted to be on that trail. Right. We missed it. And now we're like, a thousand feet lower. There's no way I'm hiking back up. Yeah. The day is is waning. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> our legs are already shot. You know, we're, so we've already done all our elevation. We're not going back up. And I was just like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Which is why we, we have a new rule in our family. We don't ever just trust somebody that says something on the trail. Nope. Nope. You've got to have your map with you. <laughs> You've got to do your own research because I've been led astray a few times. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And sometimes the wrong person saying the wrong thing at just the right time can <laughs> cause severe distress or cause you to go down the wrong path. But uh, it was so disappointing. However, totally worth it. If you ever want to go up to Lake Helene, do it. But don't trust. Don't trust anybody. And that's the moral of the story. <laughs> Don't trust anybody. (laughs) Exactly. So it's fun to think back on some of our fun old adventures and misadventures. And hopefully this summer, as you go out and get on some hiking trails in the national parks, you'll be able to have some of your own adventures and misadventures. And let us know about how those adventures go. And we're excited to hear about them. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the trail. Thanks for exploring the national parks with us. Please share, like, and subscribe. And if you need any help planning your own trip, click on over to dirtinmyshoes.com. See you next week. Same time, same place. And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes.